Synthaholics. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien. You have David Duncan. Hello, Dave. Hello. And we have a returning guest. We sadly haven't had him on for quite a bit, Joe DePinto. Hello, Joe. Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, we, haven't had, <laughs> we haven't had you uh, on since you just reminded us since... 2018 for uh, the Star Trek. Uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, 2019 Star Trek Las Vegas. He's, he's our official Star Trek Las Vegas correspondent. Was it 19? <laughs> I thought it was 18. I thought it was 19. I was. I did it both. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was 18. Maybe I think I was on. I was on after that. I think maybe um, in 2019 for something. Okay. Was the hell of it. Yeah. Well, I'm all off. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And uh, we are talking about today the uh, Star Trek Discovery episode, Far From Home. So and why is it this part two of the previous episode? Why was the last one called part one? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I don't know. Because uh, I, I looked ahead at the IMDB or, or the wiki, and like I don't think any episode that's tentatively titled so far is called part two of the first episode. So I'm just like, that's strange. It is odd. I'll say Good that. Point. Not but really sure what that means. They did announce season four of uh, Discovery is confirmed, which is I thought it was kind of interesting. And I texted Aaron about it early in the week. He's like, "Why do you think this is interesting?" Well, in season one, they didn't confirm season two was a thing, even though it had to be in the bag since CBS invested basically zero money to season one. Netflix paid for it all. You know, season two was basically a sure thing. Or it seemed like it should have been, and uh, they didn't announce that was confirmed until like. They were almost out of the mirror universe. Well, they made the mistake with Enterprise. When when was um, how many seasons they have? Was four. it four? Yeah. Yes. So I mean, most of them were what, seven seasons ish. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad they're um, being proactive in it. I think I think it just comes down to CBS All Access is now supporting itself with its subscriptions enough that they can make plans for next seasons like. So they have Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Picard for the next season. You know, Lord Dex is going to be back, so... You're supporting it on the backs of uh, Star Trek fans. Absolutely, but it's happening. So, And yeah. we're going to get Strange New Worlds with Pike and uh, crew. So, I mean, I, and hey, you Michelle know. Yeoh even references Section 31 in this episode. So and She does. She, she <laughs> yeah. has to throw that in. It's like, when's my show coming? I want my goddamn asshole? show. She breaks the fourth wall and starts yelling at uh, Alex yeah, Kurtzman. It was the best part of the episode, actually. Uh, sorry for the spoilers before we get into the spoiler <laughs> part. Um, but actually, uh, but going back to what you were saying a minute ago, Joe, Enterprise actually canceled season three. The only reason they got greenlit for season four was so they could have syndication number of episodes. 
they had oh, to wow, get, I didn't they, know that. They had to get to a, over 100 episodes so it could be syndicated. Because that's, oh. that's where the syndication rules of the time. That's why season four was the best uh, best season. Because the <laughs> studio was totally hands-off. They're just like, just make this number of episodes, and then we'll get our syndication, and then we'll see you later. Goodbye. Do you like the season finale in that one? Oh, the season finale is terrible. But the rest <laughs> of the season is spectacular. Um, yeah. They just, they just totally dropped the ball with it being a Next Generation holodeck episode. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the Lower Decks. Decker. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they do. They totally reference that in Lower Decks. Um, so, uh, not only is... So, I mean... Poor Scott Blackula. <laughs> I didn't think that... I didn't think it was interesting only for the fact that I I assumed with Picard and everything else coming out that uh, CBS All Access is a viable thing with the shows. And not only with that is uh, it seems like uh, CBS and Paramount, their Viacom, whatever spaghetti mess that is, is that uh, Paramount's coming out with their own um, streaming service as well now. I thought they were merging. Or yeah, it's it's something's happening. I, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know if it's a separate one or if it's merging. I mean, all the merging stuff I hear from Doomcock and and Midnight's Edge, so I can't really like believe them completely because no, I don't they they, they report everything from totally made up stuff to actual rumors so mm-hmm. like it's you know it's hard to hard to gauge with that but they yeah. are the same company so them combining it into one streaming service would make sense it yeah. would make sense yeah and who knows i mean so so maybe cbs all access won't be a thing but maybe it might be paramount but or whatever they call the mountain stream. <laughs> Drink all um, that pee falling off the mountain. <laughs> um, just before we start recording, uh, Joe, you were mentioning about the the rights to the new uh, Star Trek Las Vegas had been changed. Yeah, so I, I've been going to it ever since I think twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, which was my first convention ever. And I really enjoy it. Really have a great time there. It's amazing for me to see the actors and uh, just talk to them on on just a human base, uh, just human um, contact. You know, just mm-hmm, really, sure. really. Yeah, and so I was kind of disappointed seeing that Creation lost their contract with um, CBS. Which there's a lot of gripe on a lot of people that, that go to the convention saying Creation doesn't really give a crap about the fans and they're just in it for the money. Which who knows? But I've always had a good time. I don't mind dishing out the hundreds of bucks it takes to to go to it and all that. But yeah, I was sad to hear that they they no longer have the rights. They are coming back. So this year it was originally scheduled in August, which was the normal um, convention dates. Then COVID hit and um, they pushed it back to December, which it was the only convention for um, the end of 2020 that was still scheduled. But just recently, I think it was like a few weeks ago, Creation said they're canceling it, or it was probably a month ago. They canceled it, and um, they're going to have to reschedule for August at the Rio, which was the original. This year it was going to be it was rescheduled at Caesar's Palace, their uh, new convention center they have there. But now they're back to the Rio um, in August, and it's unofficial. So it's I, I forget what it's called, it's the 55th anniversary something, um, and it's not they're not going to have like um, naming rights, so they can't call. Um, Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, they can call him Patrick Stewart's going to be attending, but they can't say Captain Picard's attending, stuff like that. 
Gotcha. Right. Right. I, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously they just didn't have the the rights to to throw out their names for Star Trek and anything else. They have what you if know, they misspelled the name like <laughs> with a K? Like put a K in Captain and put a K Picard. in Picard. Picard. <laughs> they could probably get away with it. Yeah, it's just like yeah, Captain um, Picard. I, I just misspell everything. Or Captain C A P Captain. Yeah, put, put like, draw a blue hat on him like Captain Crunch Man. Yeah, oh, that'd <laughs> yeah. be awesome. I'd like to see that show actually. Um, but uh, I mean, I mean, the thing is that they got to be in it for the money to make it work. Oh yeah. Well, but they also expanded. as long as they're not gouging people, that's the thing. I kind of think yeah. they are because they they extended the con from like three days to like four days, and wasn't it five <laughs> days the last? Year? Yeah, Wednesday like, to Sunday. That's too long. I mean, like I I've done a three day con before uh, out at Pax East, and that'll wipe you. Three days of convention going is brutal on the body 100 Um, especially in vegas oh yeah and then vegas there's so much and the city never sleeps there's lights 24 7 like you Uh i mean that's insane boston's a little bit different but but still like this is just for a regular con goer not even if you're a cosplayer you got to get up early got to put on the makeup and clothes which are probably harder to put on the regular i mean that's just (laughs) that's a lot of work and to make a five-day con that just seems like endurance run brutality and like i don't know i i I almost needed a vacation from going to PAX. I mean, it was a great experience. I loved going to PAX back when I did, but it's 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 hard work going to a convention for three days in a row and staying for the entire day. Yeah, agreed. So, and that's why I do think they're a little bit price gouged. Granted, I've never been to Star Trek Las Vegas, but doing a five day con, it just seems a little bit excessive. Now, will you be going to this one? Joe? Yeah, yeah, I will. I really like the Rio, and I, I like um, I, I like Star Trek, and it's just a good time for me. It's always been such an amazing experience every year. The the people that do it, the cosplay, the actors, the, the karaoke that they do, the Klingon karaoke, it's a mm. lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, nice. We'll have to let us know if uh, if anything's changed or if it's all all just a good time, no matter what. So, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, should we uh, get into a spoilers-free uh, first discussion of Far From Home? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, so, guys, we're just going to talk about maybe five minutes, maybe a little more, just uh, spoiler-free if you have not seen the newest episode of Star Trek Discovery. So, uh, Joe, since you're a guest, uh, without giving out too many details, first impressions and thoughts of this episode and maybe what you saw last episode. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm enjoying it. I think this has been a, you know, it's, they always say Star Trek hits its stride. It was in third season or fourth season. And I think discovery is right there. It's, it's for me, this was a lot more enjoyable than the, um, and they were great episodes first, uh, season openers last season and the first season. But for, for me, I, I really enjoyed the storytelling here. Um, really we're in uncharted space. We, we don't know what's going on, especially when we first, um, last, last episode when we first get there, we don't know when it is. Oh, we know kind of when it is, but we don't know um, where, where the discovery is. And that journey for me, without giving any spoilers away, um, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, really good episode. The hope is out there. I, I love seeing – I think that's a common um, theme we're seeing is a couple of people really having the hope and the dream of the Federation keeping that dream alive. 
and that's been pretty cool to see too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I myself, I'm enjoying uh, this this newest episode. I, I thought they did a really good job of making it exciting. Uh, the predicament they put put them in, and then um, how things kind of sort of resolve themselves. But we still have the mystery that's kind of like starting. Which we can get into when we get into full spoilers, but I mean, I don't uh, think they even touched on the mystery at all. Well, but yeah, but yeah, they mention it, but they don't understand it yet. So, I mean, it's there's they have an overarching mystery that they got to like figure out, which the burn, the burn, and I wish I, and then uh, you know, it's just it's it's great to see how all the characters are sort of like lining up and everything's happening after the fallout of all the insanity that happened at the end of season two. So I'm so uh, curious on the burn. Like, what is it? What, what happened? I know a lot of, a lot of thoughts on that. Dave, it's uh, the color of Tilly's hair. Oh, (laughs) um, overall, uh, way better episode than the first one. Uh, personally, I thought, um, it, it it just, uh, I, I, I was kind of wrong about my prediction, but I was kind of right at the same time. Um, it just it wasn't how I thought it would work out uh, from a prediction for this episode and when we see Discovery. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so many cowboy vibes. So Very, it, a lot of cowboy vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that TOS episode where they're just like cowboy land or whatever. Except they're... There, yeah, there, there was no. Except there was, I mean, I mean, there, there wasn't like the, the, the draw, you know, like a, the face off like that. But there was, you know, very westerny uh, elements to this episode, which were kind of like super throwbacky, yeah. um, w- which was very interesting. Um, but yeah, overall, big improvement uh, over over the last episode i mean it it felt like star trek i mean like down to like i said like a tos episode where they're in a saloon yeah you're thinking of the tos episode specter of the gun yes yes it very that's that i kept getting vibes of that i also just i mean i i watched uh, voyagers um the omega directive uh last night uh, just in case it stuff the stuff starts coming back up, and unfortunately we didn't even touch on the the background other than just a brief reference in this episode, so uh, I might have been premature watching that. <laughs> well, let's get into full spoilers. Um, if you have not seen Far From Home, the second episode of Star Trek Discovery, please uh, you know pause it, or you know if you don't mind the spoilers, you know continue on. So here we go. So uh, this is the uh, second episode of season three, and it first uh, aired October twenty second, twenty twenty. So, and this is uh, discovery comes through what you the wormhole, the time portal, whatever you want to call it, graviton waves. And there's uh, a planet that they're going hurtling towards, like surrounded by asteroids, and but the crew is all unconscious, so they're sort of like. The same thing that the uh, Enterprise crew in uh, Voyage Home went through when they went through time travel. <laughs> they knocked out for a bit. So, <clears throat> Yeah, it was kind of like that, except we didn't get all the... Man, they really should have done the weird white CGI with the heads coming out of the water. That made no sense. And then there was like, the weird, like I don't know what that shape was they were zooming in on. I, had no, I, I That scene makes no sense to me at all, but it was... Uh, you talk about the movie? 
Yeah, yeah. Like, because they, they show it their. Weird, it was a weird choice. They show all their heads come up through, like, the water or the, or the, yeah. the veil or whatever. And then there's, like, this weird shape they zoom into. And it, it's not a whale. I don't know what it is. It's like a whale, but it's. But it's not. It was. Not. It's more. It's impressionistic, yeah. It's like, is that a um, part of a brain? Is that the medulla? I don't know. What is that? <laughs> well, um. Yeah, so and they slowly start waking up, and this is obviously they're on a like collision course with this planet, and they're hurtling towards it. And they uh, think the ship is invulnerable. They they get the ship um, they enough in operation to pull it up enough that it's not going to crash directly at the planet, and it does this like skid across a glacier. And uh, but it does do a lot of damage to the ship. Uh, one of the things happens is uh, Lieutenant Demler flies over a council and is injured, and so she's like very disorientated and it seems like something happened to her during I th- this. I and think control got her. Like I, like I, like I was theorizing last episode. Uh, last episode, I, I don't think we're done with control quite yet. And Do I you think-, think? Well, now control like um uh. Did she interact with anything with Control in season two? I don't remember that. But the thing is, like, maybe there's some nanites hanging off around the ship somewhere that weren't all inside of Leland because she's the only one who had a visible open wound. And so maybe yeah, she's but she got... crashed onto the floor. So I mean, that's why she had the open wound. I understand that, but, but, but I'm just saying that's an easy entry for a, a few stray nanites. That uh... yeah, but the nanites would have been cold, totally just um, disengaged from any kind of uh, intelligence after Control lost its link with it when they went through the um, Leland, well after Leland. Leland was Control, but that's what I'm saying. Like I mean. They rebuild bodies from the nanites, so the one, you know, a handful of nanites might be enough to kind of remember. And she starts acting strange as soon as she has that cut. Like, the, it, the, the camera lingers on her a lot. Like, whenever she gets in the sick bay and she walks out, and, like, um, Colbert's just kind of staring at her, checking her out, even though he's gay. I, so, I did think it was interesting in the opening. Um, they did show the, the recap. They did show Leland um, in there saying, I'm never gone or something like that. Yeah, it's or, a good point, Joe. They did, yeah. They did focus on Leland and the and the nanites, and Giorgio had stepped through them. Um, yeah. So maybe she got some stray nanites. They weren't completely destroyed by the magnetism or whatever it was that was inside the chamber that killed it. Well, geez, she like st- yeah, she had it literally on her boots. She had chunks of Leland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. But I mean, like there might be some of the little nanites might have survived. Yeah, who knows? And I think that's why she's acting strange. I w- I wouldn't put it past like like Discovery's been really big on the control thing, like, and then the tentacles from Picard looked a lot like the control thing too. Yeah. So I don't think it's com- completely gone. I mean, maybe That'd be she, a cool tie-in. I mean, maybe she doesn't have. Maybe it's just a concussion. But and I, maybe it's just also her um her implants too. Maybe those went haywire. Yeah, but I think it's just an ocular implant. I think all of that stuff on her head is just an ocular implant, from what I understand. I could be well, wrong. But, I mean, didn't they have, like, the story of how she was injured and uh, was it season two and how she got the implant in her, on her? I and, think that was uh, the other character, wasn't it? Oh, that was Arian. That was Arian. Arian? Uh, she, she got I the implant. There was a story with her. No. Uh, oh, she, that was that was during the first. The boyfriend and all that. No, no, I'm thinking about, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. It's, she was injured she in was, uh, the, the first battle. The battle of the, the Binary Stars. Because when Michael yeah. sees her on the yeah. Discovery, she's like, Kayla. And Kayla's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, just like 
doesn't talk to her and just runs off in the mess hall because, like, you know, she's the one to thank for her eye prosthetics that take up half mm-hmm. her head. Yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered if it was, like, a PTSD from what happened to her before, but I don't know. Also, um, it, also in that opening um, scene where they're about to crash, I thought it was kind of cool they introduced, um, I, I think it was his first, well, maybe his first real lines with um, Lieutenant Reese, the Asian guy. Yeah. Yeah, if he's had he if he has any lines, it's he barely says anything. Yeah, he took <laughs> the know? condo, so yeah, um, I'm glad to see that. Oh, and yeah. uh, Linus talks for the first time in this episode too. Yeah, he doesn't just yeah. sneeze. Well, he calls um, Giorgio by Giorgio, which I, I thought was kind of odd. Um, so she's so d- does the crew know that she's Emperor or Empress Giorgio? I don't. I don't know. They probably the crew. Most of the crew knows, but I don't not, think so. Because I, I thought crew. I thought I thought they um they downplayed it. They lied to everyone. I think only I think only a few people know she's from the mirror universe. But right. why would he? Why would he call her Giorgio instead of like Captain or? I, I thought she was actually Commander. Someone called her Commander. Commander. Yeah, sure, Commander. Sure, calls her Commander the entire time. Did she yeah. lose rank or something? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Although they they also did mention there's 88 people on the Discovery, I thought it was just a handful of people. Like Discovery's only got a complement of over like 150 and 120, so that's yeah, like, it's definitely a small ship. That's like 70 percent of the complement. I thought I didn't realize that many people were staying aboard. Right. Well, uh, so they find out they did not make it to Terra Elysium, or they're trying to go to, right? and uh, they're uh, they have all these uh, EPS. Uh, conduits that are all messed up that all have to be fixed and so they're going to start uh, ev- everything's knocked out on Discovery so it's like all, all the EPS conduits um, internal comms external comms yeah everything's fried uh, and all the sensors are fried so there's lots of repairs that have to ha- happen on the ship um, and there's some material that they need to get to get their uh a rubidium is what they need to get their mm-hmm. communications up. So this is where uh, Sir, uh, Saru and Tilly are going to take off and look uh, f- at a settlement not far from where they are to get this rubidium. And uh, so they're going to take it. But uh, in the meantime, Giorgio is kind of up to her tricks. And first of all, she kind of uh, puts down Tilly, you know, for being Tilly. And uh, Tilly looks you know, very she, pregnant. What happened in that in that wormhole? <laughs> yeah, she's still looking good, but yeah, it looks like she gained a little bit of weight. I noticed that too. Well, no, like they they were shooting her like like from the boobs up, or just really far shots where they're using obvious body doubles because the far shots she's super slim, and then all the close ups she's like like I think I, did, I, I, I didn't think pick she's, up on any of that. I think I she's did. pregnant. And she also looks like she's sick. Like it looks like she's physically ill a little bit. Like she's like a paler than normal. Really, I didn't notice any of that. I wasn't yeah. really, but I wasn't really like focusing on her. <laughs> well, they they put that really giant barca on her when they when her and Saru yeah. go out, which they they do have a, a history of doing. When yes. like, when, when Kira got pregnant, she got a jacket, I think, and then uh, when well, uh, when Belana got pregnant, she got a jacket all of a sudden to kind of hide the baby bump. <laughs> Well, not only that, with the that outfit that um, her and Saru are in, we've kind of seen that in, uh, I think, last season when they, what was it, that one? Um, well, they found they, like, they, the transported town or whatever. Yes, yeah, they're in a very similar outfit. 
And also in um, Star Trek um, Into Darkness, when they're going, when they meet the, was it Into Darkness, where, where they meet the new um, species? Uh, maybe it was, wasn't. Um, I don't that think it was that one. one. Well, well no. Into Darkness, when they go to the Klingon when they go to the Klingon homeworld, they're wearing the same black outfits, kind of. Like, they're just kind of like, you know, smuggler clothes is what they called them. But wasn't yeah. wasn't wasn't uh, Giorgio and Burnham wearing that in the very first um, beginning episode of uh, yeah. of Discovery when they were on that weird planet with those crab yeah, creatures? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's a common type of robe, apparently. And it's like this is this is our this is when we go out. This uh, is our official drab. Yeah, when we're, when we're not when we're not wearing our uniforms. Yeah, uh, yeah. So is so they're gonna go get the rubidium to get this thing fixed. And uh, in the meantime, you have Culber trying to get uh, Stamets uh, back up and running. He has to go some cellular regenerate, regeneration chamber, but apparently he doesn't want to stay there for too long. And uh, so he's uh, going to go back to work into engineering. And this is where he has uh, some great interactions with uh, with Reno, Chet Reno. <clears throat> I love uh, her character. She is, she is. She's great. Besides Tilly, the, those two are my favorite characters. Like, Tilly and her are just... I don't know, perfect. Giorgio's pretty awesome. Yeah, those three are my favorite. I don't know, Giorgio, Giorgio still rubs me wrong. I I just don't like Mirror Universe Giorgio. I just, I can't, I just can't abide. The dude can't. I, I would have loved to have seen Captain Giorgio, but yeah. I like Mirror, I like Empress Giorgio or Emperor Giorgio. She's, she just, I like the cut of her, uh, I don't know, I... I I like the way her swag. I guess. Well, you you, you just love her. You just you, her your favorite line is what you call pain. I call foreplay. I mean, come on. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I, 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 to me, she's like I don't understand why you have like a loaded weapon like like her constantly around. She seems like. Yeah. I mean, I get what she she's she's in love with Michael. Ass. She's got she's there to kick slugs. ass. Yeah, but it's so a part of me. This... Sort of, it, it's against the Federation and Starfleet. Yeah. In my, it is. You're right. You're right. Except they keep putting her in control. Like, like Admiral What's-Her-Face, who decided to hug a torpedo, uh, put her in that control. Yeah. Cornwallis? Corn, yeah, Cornwall, yeah. 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 The torpedo hugger. Because she gets, she gets things done. She knows that it might not be pretty, it might not be the Federation way, but she gets it done. And I get it done, too. I hug the torpedo so good they don't want to detonate. <laughs> Except for the time they do. Uh, I, I guess, I mean, and she does get some things done in this episode, but, uh, there's, there's a weird, um, encounter with, uh, Giorgio and Linus, like, as we, uh, mentioned before, where she starts talking about how, um, how much the how visible he spectrum he could see. Yeah. And he was like, you know, 74,000 nanometers. I'm like, what does that have to do with it? It's a weird thing. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, Ooh. And she goes off and is like, what does that mean? Like, what, <laughs> what is that even about? So, I didn't get that either. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, I hope it'll be referenced later that she needs him for something, but this is also discovery, so they'll probably just forget about it. Yeah, who knows? I, it was just a weird thing. Just, he's not my favorite character either, though. He's kind of a rude dude. Sneeze all over that one oh, dude. That one guy. Yeah. Ooh, that was very rude of him. That's just foreshadowing. Snot turns into asteroids later. <laughs> it's not as right. nice yeah. compared to asteroids. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so Saru and Tilly are, uh, leave the ship, and they start walking out, and they see there's somebody they start following. There's another uh, person off in the distance, and they see a settlement, and they uh, they follow this person. And when they f- 
they get to this certain area, there is like a instant teleportation or instant um, transporter or like something. It's a tra- transporter that. field that runs across that little hole or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a little but, door. Yeah. So, and they and they come into what it looks like as an old saloon, but with uh, metal, a little more futuristic. Me- metal swinging doors, but there's the same mm-hmm. tiny little swinging doors that aren't really doors. It's just very much. Yep saloons western feel i love the vibe too the cowboy vibe everyone's kind of unsure of each other grabbing towards their gun you, you knew it was about to happen everyone's gonna draw yeah and that's what happens everyone draws on uh tilly and saru and then there's like tilly and it's funny is because saru as mentions before they even leave is that you know she's uh very um what did, she, what did he say um uh, Something Something like she's a people person, basically. Good um, first impression. Yeah, she's good on first impression. So this is where, you know, this is where she kind of uh, helps out with that because they're like, please, you're making me nervous. Stop raising your guns to me. And and then we find out that one of the guys there named Kale is like a Federation Starfleet fanboy. Yeah. And he's just like, I told you they'd come. I told you they'd be here. And they're just like, wow. I guess this guy was right. So he's Kylo Ren? <laughs> yes. Or Kylo Ren is the Darth Vader fanboy. Um, and then he goes, uh, they, this, the planet doesn't have a name, but they call it the Colony. And uh, they uh, they kind of tell him a little bit what's happening, but uh, Saru and Tilly still don't really understand that there's no Federation, or very Federation's very small. And that... Uh, there, the burn has done something to uh, warp capabilities and dilithium. So they said that they can trade dilithium uh, for exchange of getting their equipment fixed. And so this uh, seems to they broker some agreement at that point. And uh, but they do mention that there's a um, there's a guy named Zara mm-hmm. who, uh, is out there and he's going to be showing up soon. And they can't stay long because he'll you know, do awful things. So, uh, and then, uh, just back on discovery, Stamets and Reno or, uh, Stamets goes up in the Jeffrey tube and really long drawn out thing about him fixing a a conduit and bleeding all over the place. And I (laughs) go ahead, Joe. I I just don't get why they didn't have another, um, person do it. I I thought so too. Like get somebody up there. Who's not just like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of capable folks and crew members on the Discovery. What, why did he have to do it? And we find out a little bit later that the glacier that they land on is like, um, is technically has some, like it's uh, alive, it's parasitic. Parasitic or ice. Yeah, yeah, so it starts growing on top of it and it's, sharp, it's shaking the ship back and forth. For a while, you didn't quite know why this was happening. The ship was kind of like, moving and it was uh, getting a rock back and forth once in a while uh but during that scene where uh stamets is fixing that uh conduit it's like it's every time he does a, a fixes something he just starts rolling back and forth so uh, just an i thought it was an odd choice in scene that they decided to do that just to show that stamets is stubborn yeah tenacious i, yeah, I don't know I got really that what, what that was trying to convey no, I didn't get it either. It's just, 
I don't know. They're just like going at each other, and this is just the only thing I like that is Reno. Reno is like just giving her little jabs and joking, them both being prickly towards each other. I thought was was fun. That's the only thing I can really imagine them doing it for is that relationship between the two of them. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the only reason it's there. Because I mean, like the the girl who comes up offers to go up and do it, and and she's like, yeah. I've got him just to the point <laughs> where he's gonna admit that he's wrong, basically. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what she she was saying. I, I didn't I didn't understand like her turn of phrase there, but I assume that's what she was going for. Well, back at the uh, old saloon, um, Cal uh, has this like programmable matter that he's using to fix their uh, communication device. And Tilly's trying to play it off like, yeah, oh yeah, we can do that too. And but I then was just quizzing Cal, you. And <laughs> Cal is like, you guys aren't from around here. What's going on? So, but then they all after he fixes everything up for them, they're like, yeah, get out of here because Zara's going to be here soon. And they, you know, like you really got to leave. And then Zara does show up, and dun, dun, dun. It's, it's not good for for Cal. His Cal boots. His boots even make the stirrup sound. The uh, spurs. Yeah. spurs. I thought that was weird. I was like, why does he have spurs? <laughs> I thought that was weird too. I was like, I thought that we were going to see some kind of animal he rides, but. Spurs uh, in space. Um, he's so. Zara's their courier, so he makes deliveries, but he's also like some kind of. He's a meanie poopy heads courier. Yeah, he's like, I'll get you things, I'll deliver things back and forth, but um, you're going to pay and you're going to do basically tribute to me. And he runs the place like a... Like, like, like a local a, dictator. Well, yeah, he, exactly. He's kind of like Book, but an evil Book. Yeah. Career-wise. Yeah. Same job. Yeah, so apparently certain people can do the transportation because their ships work with some... But there's a lot of ships that don't work. I don't. I, we just don't know yet uh, why this is the case. So, um, so yeah. So Zara kills Cal, uh, and then not Very just that. Very sad. But, I liked him. Yeah, Cal was a nice guy, and Shoots I really him wanted to... with like a shotgun phaser that melts your inside slowly instead of vaporizes you instantaneously. It's and almost I... like it stuns too, because or like it yeah. tases yeah, yeah. you. Because we see that with Giorgio later, but yeah. So tase uh, me, bro. Well, why didn't Saru or Tilly like react to that? Like, come on, they could have eas- while they were distracted, they could have easily pulled those phasers and shot them and tried to save the day. Well, they started to, but then like they told Saru no, but Saru was too slow. Okay, last season Saru became the apex predator, and now he can like yeah, he can't take down like two guys. Yeah, well, it was three guys. Okay, but... three guys. Well, with Tilly there though, she she's proven herself in combat, but like, she's that, pregnant. That she can't piece. shoot babies uh, at them. <laughs> Yeah, we know she's it. pregnant. I, th- I, I, I don't think so. I, th- I look. Uh, Kaylee and I looked it up while we were watching the episode. I think she is pregnant this season. How do you know that? We looked it up. She oh, in she real life, pregnant? she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh. Well, she got I married in the season one, beginning of season two. So I mean, things happen when you get married. No, it doesn't mean sometimes. I don't know. Just just rewatch. Oh, I'm the, gonna look this up real quick. Re, rewatch <laughs> I the know, epi- I... rewatch the episode. Like when they when they're far away, Tilly's very slim. When they're close up on her, she's not as slim anymore. I'm pretty sure they're using a body double for her far away shots or their reshoots. Mary Wiseman pregnant. Not seeing anything so far. Well, there's a thing that shows a. Uh... 
Yeah, we looked it up when we were watching it. I thought for sure she was pregnant. I don't know. Not seeing anything. So the only thing I can see is there's a Mary Wiseman on Instagram that has a post that says of her and it looks like her husband uh, kissing, and it says baby with a heart. But I don't know oh. what that means. You know what does that mean? <laughs> it just means like he could be calling her. Um, well, there's a there's a whole Reddit thing. Is Mary Wiseman pregnant? Well, I mean, but seven, this is two years ago. Get no, out of here. no, no. This it this, is true. This one it says is, it's been a while now. Seventeen hours. She was pregnant before. She wasn't pregnant before, but she definitely is in season three. She might just gain a little weight too. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple being, seasons. Are you just shaming people because of their weight? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to shame people because of their weight. I'm a big guy myself. I just, I just, I think she's pregnant because I mean, they shot her really weird. And in Star Trek, it's it's a known fact when uh, one of their leading actors gets pregnant, they put a coat on him and they shoot him weird. That is true with Roxanne Dawson, um, Blana. Yeah, and they did the same thing with her, and they did it uh, with Kira and Reese too. And then, and then, yeah. then, and then they made the plot where they moved Keiko's <laughs> baby to so that you know they would just let it show. But like you know, because I, I guess they didn't do the coat thing with her, but they tried shooting her weird. I mean, it's 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 just a staple of Star Trek. That's what they've historically yeah. done. I'm not I'm not shaming Mary Wiseman at all. Go girl. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I just I I feel like she's pregnant because of the way they're shooting yeah. her. Because I, I, I did notice that her her face was a little bit bigger. But I didn't notice a belly bump. But that's that's why they shoot her from the boobs up, or they shoot. But you know, if you if you look at the shots from fully far away and the shots close up, it's a very different figure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing anything, and I don't know. I mean, and this is this is you know this was filmed probably six months if not longer. I mean, she probably would have had the baby by now, or be close to be having the baby. So yeah, I mean, she's probably. I mean, if she had a baby, she probably already had it. Yeah, you know, but we would have known it by now. The rumors are out. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe she kept it private. Then you, you, the show just kind of revealed it. I mean, not all the stars like sh- saying, you know, we've had a baby. I guess, but I just Possibly. think that's just this director's choice and how they decided to do things like that. So, like frame shots and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So where do we leave off? Besides Tilly being pregnant, uh, <laughs> uh, Zara k- killed killed Kale, and yep. uh, they basically are going to they want. Saru to uh, stay there, and they're going to tell send Tilly uh, back to the Discovery to get uh, Dilithium and whatever else they want off their, and, off their ship. And he seemed to that captain. Um, he seemed to know a lot about like science and how they got there, Discovery, the gravitational waves. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't an idiot. He was just an asshole. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're basically just goons. That's where it really comes down to it. So. Um, but then we find out that Giorgio had followed Saru and Tilly, and then he go- she goes in there, and um, she she does get hit with that whatever that weapon that they have that stun melty stick that they have guns. But uh, he ends up uh, she ends up kicking their ass, and Saru and Tilly uh, both uh, move into action. Tilly hides for a little bit. But well, then- it's also when Giorgio makes that good um, line that. David mentioned earlier. David, you want to mention it again? What you call pain, I call foreplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, you know it's it that's a fun scene because I I was very happy to see Zara and his men get freaking 
kick uh, their asses kick since they yeah, killed Yeah, I enjoyed that. Since they killed Kale and like I like Kale too. I wanted to yeah. see Kale. <laughs> and then yeah. like just I love Giorgio's manipulation cuz she's like talking to the henchman of the guy yep. and he's yep. like he's going to get you killed. <laughs> it's really great. Um I, I, that's I, why I love her. Yeah, she's she's great. Like she's she's a classic manipulator. She's like imagine what I could do in my sleep. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and then Saru whips out his his uh, his, his neck uh, poison darts. Which why didn't he do that earlier? Honestly, yes, why didn't he do it earlier? Kill them all. I know, That's right? I, I don't know. I I I'm, I don't know. I it's like they forget things until the last second. Well, He's not the yeah, warrior, the apex warrior that we need him to be. Yeah, I know, I right? Know. Well, so they get the upper hand, and um, George was going to kill Czar, but then uh, you know, like. Shrew was like, you can't kill him. That's not our way. And, you know, obviously Georgia was like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> so, but then, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, gives it to, uh, the, the bartender. Yeah. Gives the weapon to him and says, I'll let you figure out what you want to do with, uh, with, uh, with Zara. I was really hoping he'd just shoot him. Yeah, I did too. But then he sends him out into like, uh, out there. And, and that's when Zara mentions that the, um, the parasitic ice will kill mm-hmm. him out there. Um, and then he gives him Tilly's pack. He, he was like, do you mind if he has your pack? Like, I know. Yeah, I do mind. This is a pretty valuable pack. It just has formula and bottles. In it. I don't know what you're going to do with it. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to get us killed. Just some clothing. <laughs> um, <yeah>. so. <laughs> I got a few hair ties in there. Snappies. <laughs> I got some pasties in there too. I don't know if you're into that. Whoa. Uh, so anyway, so he goes. You know, Zara's going to be back. That's that's what's going to happen. He's going to come back. In that's the next what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. I mean, I this do. is this, killing you. Now. This is Star Trek Discovery. He's equally likely to come back and equally likely to be completely forgotten. He might be the main bad guy. Nah. I don't Ooh. think main guy, but he's definitely going to be in there. He's going to be stirring shit up. I'm sure, but. Uh, well, the yeah, thing so, is, if warp is limited, spore drive. They can just spore drive away. I mean, the preview looks like they're going to Earth. Oh yeah, I saw that. I don't know if we want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm looking forward to that. Well, so uh, they get back in Discovery. Everything's pretty much patched up, and they're going to take off. And they're having some hard time getting out of the parasitic ice. And oh, um, maybe Control won't let her get out of the ice. So cool. they start start trying to lift and get out of there when all of a sudden they some ship comes in and puts them in a tractor beam and they're like, oh no, it's one of Zara's competitors and they're gonna take uh, you know attack us. And uh, Giorgio is like, just shoot at, him. shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And Saru's like, open hailing frequencies and who is it? It's Michael Burnham and she's been looking at looking for them for over a year. So, and she's man. got like three years worth of hair growth, though, so maybe she can't tell yeah. time. It's a future, so you can do a lot of things. Well, I've grown my hair out before, and I can only get to about shoulder length in a year. Yeah, but you don't have future tech, Dave. Oh, so. I, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool that they did the tractor beam. And as soon as they did, I thought it was Burnham. But it, they also did that. I, I didn't even think of it, Joe. When I saw it, I was like, oh, it's like somebody's going to capture him or something like that. And I was like, what? what? It's the same thing in uh, Context is for Kings in season one. Remember when they were, um, oh, what what was the, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of the ship, um, the Shinzu, um, yeah. when they were being tractored, um, when they were about, you know, dead in space, they got a tractor. 
you know, from I forget what ship it was called. Um, yeah, that, I don't remember that flagship. Or it was the admiral yeah. ship, I think. Yeah, but it was very similar. Um, but yeah, so now they're back together, and um, you know that's that's cool. And um, we're gonna, see, I think we're gonna get more information now from uh, what's going on with the burn. I mean, obviously, maybe they don't have figured out what happened, but they'll know better idea what it is. Michael can tell Tilly how many times they've had she said sex with book in the past year. Oh God! <laughs> I'm just glad they found each other. I, I didn't want this to be the whole season where they're yeah they're separated for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of happy too that we're, it, or I was I was afraid that we would get like a whole like half the season with Michael and then half yeah. the season with uh, Discovery and then they yep. mat- meet up. So I'm glad they're kind of you know back together. So uh, yeah, I thought they'd get back together either at the very end of this episode or like end of next episode. No. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so that wraps up the show, and obviously, said like the last uh, the the um, spoilers or um, trailer for last um, the next episode is that it looks like they're going to Earth. So we're going to see what Earth looks like way in the future. Florida's gone. <laughs> Florida's gone. <laughs> the the bottom part just fell off and just floated away after. Uh... It's, it's part of Cuba now. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good point, though, David. I mean. Well, no, that was after that Enterprise episode. Yeah, I, I know, yeah, I know. But it's yeah. been a thousand years, over a thousand years since that Enterprise episode. Maybe Florida migrated finally. Yeah, I, I don't think it would happen. But uh, so uh, let's get our reactions, Joe. Since you're our guest, let's uh, hear what you feel about this episode and what, your thoughts on it. Oh, uh, loved it. Um, I, I'm really curious. One one part that I noticed was um, they mentioned the Tellarite Exchange. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, it, which yeah, sounds like it's different. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like it's different though from the Orion Exchange, um, which is also another very interesting uh, concept that the Orions and the Andorians are working together. Which, like, I was chatting with Dave earlier, and I was like, "Isn't the um, isn't uh, Andoria closer to Earth, and Orion is a lot further away?" Yes. Um. I guess, but it's it seemed like uh, the Andorians were closer to Vulcan, and the Vulcan's also not that far away. And then, yeah, yeah. and then the well, I mean, relatively ice, right? You well, know, like, I mean, compared to everywhere, like, everywhere else in Star Trek, um, in Star Trek travel, you know, parlance, they're not that far away. And the Tellarites and the Andorians are always kind of like really, you know, brushing up against you, not liking each yeah. other for for generations, and so. I wonder if Poss- that rivalries. Yeah, started back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I'm um, I'm liking the positivity. I'm I'm liking the the hope is still there with the Federation. It seems like in both this episode and last episode, there's that one person. It, it's, it doesn't seem like there's many people that still believe in the Federation. Like book kind of says, "Do you still believe in ghosts?" So it's probably not a lot of people believe in the Federation, but. Mm-hmm. There's still a few that are holding out hope, and I I, I kind of like that. It's kind of Star Trekky. Yeah, yeah. What you what you do? Well, um, uh, you you know uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. How Indiana Jones had no uh, had no effect on the plot of the episode. <laughs> I mean, what are you the, talking about? Well, it, uh, the the Nazis' goal was to get the Ark of the Covenant and open it up, which they did, and then the Ark of the Covenant killed them. So Indiana Jones' interactions in the movie had nothing to do. It didn't. It didn't change the outcome. 
um, in, in a positive way, anyway. Well, and after he, they killed all, after they killed all each other, then he got and took it back to America to be stuck <laughs> in a yeah, to be stuck. But 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 still, like, it didn't really. And didn't, he killed a lot of Nazis, Dave. But the Nazis <laughs> would have all died anyway, opening up the Ark of the Covenant. So it would have been, it would have been fine. But all the ones in the Middle East. Yeah. See, but the thing is, at least he killed Nazis. Uh, the the crew of the Discovery. Everything would have been the same had they done that nothing. Big German guy at the plane got his face cut off by the propeller. That was sweet ass shit. <laughs> Sure, but but what I'm saying was the action isn't bad, and this was a good episode. But I'm just saying, like you know, whereas Indiana Jones did kill Nazis, uh, Discovery leaving the sh- people leaving the Discovery got the innocent Kel killed, um, who was not a Nazi. That is true. Um, and uh, they would have been talking rescued. About, are you talking about Kel getting killed? Yeah, Kel. Yeah. Kel getting killed. Uh, Kel, yeah, was, they, Kel was not they, a Nazi. Blame, okay, Zara is a bad guy and he kills Kel. They didn't know that he was going to do that. But if they well, stayed on the ship, they would have gotten rescued anyway. <laughs> and their interactions. Oh, you're just saying if they never uh, yeah, If yeah, they yeah. never left. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. This was a great episode. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was a great movie, but their interaction didn't really move the plot forward. It, it, it didn't do anything, and much like Saru and Tilly. And in fact, their interaction with the world actually was detrimental. You're talking we're, we're, bad about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I might not have to be a friend anymore. No, no, so no I, I'm not talking about bad. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like his, his interaction didn't really move the story, uh, didn't really change anything with the story uh, in, a, in a positive way. And I'm just saying that the uh, they didn't do anything positive either by leaving the ship. They would have been rescued either way. By yeah, but they didn't know that, of course. I, I, and, I, I understand that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a it's a good thing, although it's it just it, it all kind of doesn't really add up to anything. It, it, it was good. It was entertaining. Uh, very Tosy feels with the, the 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 bar fight and everything. Love Giorgio. Love her foreplay uh, sense. I guess um, she's a lot of fun. Uh, <sighs> The tech is interesting, like just like instant transport areas that take you to places. That's kind of fun. Program uh, program material, programmable matter. Although I guess yeah. that's probably what the um, the Federation guy. All that stuff is probably programmable material instead of uh, holograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that's pro- although holograms are prob holograms you can touch and feel are probably technically more high tech than programmable matter because I think we're closer to pro- programmable matter now than we would be to. You know, holograms you can touch and feel. Mm. So technology is a bit backwards as far as like how it would probably realistically play out. But it, it, it was a lot of fun. Like it, 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 this felt very Star Trek, and, and I loved it for that. And honestly, more. And I, I, I was surprised they did an episode that almost had no Michael Burnham. I was surprised and relieved. And like the show works so much better when they're the the actors and the characters are working as an ensemble instead of just focused Agreed. on one single character. Yes. And I'm almost kind of scared of next episode not being as good because Michael Burnham's going to be back in the mix and it's going to revolve all around her again. I mean, I hope not. I hope they've finally got on the um, the ensemble train, but I, I, I guess hope we'll have to see. To Earth. I, I'm really, I, I saw the previews and all that. I, I hope they jump to Earth in this next episode and we get to see what's going on over there. Yeah, although I suspect we'll probably get like the flashback of what happened over the year because we have seen previews before Discovery came out of Michael's hair growing and yeah, good her point. saying she searched. So I'm, I wonder how much the episode will be about her and her past uh, year. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it'll be I the first 15 right. minutes, and, I'm sure. It'll and be, then yeah. like we'll probably jump to Earth at the very end of the episode. I mean, if they do it sooner, I'd be all, all for it. But I mean, we, 
she might be playing like the year of catch up with um with the crew of the discovery. I honestly wish they would have ended season two with the ship crashing and then not knowing what happened. Yeah. yeah. Because it just that felt it, cool. it just felt anticlimactic at the end of season two where they just flew through the hole and then yeah. we got fifteen minutes of the Enterprise and like and nothing happening. Like they don't Spock doesn't see the signal and like there's nothing like nothing well, happens. In, yeah. In season one they ended it a lot better with the Enterprise coming up. It's like, whoa, what's happening here? Yeah, and season two just ended like it just it almost like was a different show. It just was following the Enterprise. Like if they would have showed the Discovery in in turmoil and stuff like that, or just yeah. like falling apart, or everyone the passed out. out in the wormhole. Yeah, yeah, if they just sort of blacked out in the wormhole, like shit was happening, that would have been a lot more exciting, and that would have been a, a, a more fun place to you know to jump in. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, we did get it at the beginning of this, but I think that uh, that like scary cliffhanger would have been more fun for the end of the last season. Personally, uh, I don't know. Um, how about you, Aaron? What were your more in-depth thoughts on this one? I I, I love this episode. I I, I like the last episode. Um, I think they they're not trying to tell this huge story. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a big story because they have a whole universe. They basically have to discover and uh, find out what the burn is and what the lay of the land is. But we're seeing it more just through their eyes and not like these like giant wars and everything else i just feel it's like it's more insular and i kind of like that i want to see what the crew is up to and i want to see you know michael burnham how she finds discovery and and you know that i liked last episode because she was trying to just figure out where she was in time um this episode is great i i love the crew Jet Reno is like the best character uh her her and tilly are my favorites and um I'm glad they're giving her more lines and more screen time. So I hope uh, we see more of her. And uh, the only one that I, only part of this, this episode I thought was questionable was Culver rolling around in the Jeffries tube. It's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. I, I got what they were doing, but it was just seemed drawn out. And after a while, because every time he fixed one thing, he, he just basically rolled back and forth and they just shake the camera. And I was just like, what, what yeah. is this doing? You know? It just didn't make any sense to me. It was like they could have changed that up somehow, but he's trying to be macho and show off for his not girlfriend. <laughs> I know, but I don't know. I mean, I get it. I mean, we, I think we've already established he he integrated his DNA with Tardigary DNA. So I mean, it's like the guy takes takes risks and pushes himself. I mean, it's like what what else do we need? Why do we need to see this? I mean, yeah. Oh, um, oh, oh, speaking of I'm sorry, just cuz we're speaking about Stamets and Colbert. Did you notice they rolled out the alien with a really weird face that we always made fun of that uh, Colbert yeah, and him like, were hooking up? What the hell up? is that alien? <laughs> and well, we always joked that Colbert and him were hooking up and I'm like, "Oh no, they killed Colbert's <laughs> new lover from season 2." <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they uh Now he's got to be with Stamets. <laughs> I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that alien is. I know. Yeah, I don't know. They, they, you know they, it's dead. Though. I would. I would have liked if the discovery was out like thirty years later instead. After Burnham, she's all like Burnham's like an old woman at <laughs> yeah. that point. She's like, you know, I'm ready to collect my pension now, Starfleet. <laughs> I waited my whole life for you to come through. I didn't I even know. go back to Earth because I was waiting for you for so long. <laughs> yeah, that'd be better um, actually for her to be written <laughs> off the show. Because the show yeah. is so much better without her. That would have been interesting. <laughs> but she's their star. She's not going to get written off. Wait, wait you, you don't like Michael Burnham? At oh, all? I like 
I like her. No, I'm asking Dave. Uh, what has that been a secret for for three years? <laughs> I, I you've never come out and said you don't like her. She's. I like Sonequa Martin Green. She's a fantastic actress. I've never liked Michael Burton. I've always thought she was written up too sleek. Like the writing yeah. around the writing around her is pitiful, just like it was around Janeway. A lot of times around a lot of other female characters in Star Trek, it's usually not very good. Yeah. I, I, think, I, they, I, I like her. I, I think she's doing a good job on there. I think uh, Suzanne was doing a great job. She's writing wise. I, I still like her character. She's had a she had an interesting beginning. You know, growing up on Vulcan as a human. I, I think it's an interesting uh, background for her. I guess my only gripe with that is that she was shoehorned into Spock's story. I yeah. was not like I, you could have picked any other Vulcan. And yeah, it would have worked relatively the same. Make her Tuvok's I, sister. <laughs> I'm, but honestly, I yeah, would have I mean, loved that Tuvok's sister. <laughs> and Tuvok would totally be the the actor. Uh, Tim Russ would have been there in a minute. Oh, uh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, come on, because he was a Tuvok was alive. I mean, he was on Sulu's ship. I mean, it's not that far fetched. No, um, I just you know that's the only thing, and I. I it, I we've made complaints that it's always you know Michael Burnham comes in to save the day with the whole ship and what they have this whole great crew and um, a lot of times they don't get the uh, they don't get to shine as much because well, because she, she's the Mary Sue it's the Mary Sue show yeah I, I think they're trying to cure it from that but I, I mean I we'll hope see. they are I really I really hope they are because I mean like. As long as everyone can work together as an ensemble, like Star Trek has always been before this. Yeah. Even even Star Trek Picard, that was called Picard, was more an ensemble show than Discovery. I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't think she. Uh, I don't think she fills in the Mary Sue thing. I think she's very good at what she does, but she's like riddled with all this guilt and anger about her past. Um, but that it doesn't stop that, is, that doesn't stop her from fixing every single problem they ever come across. Ah, she does make some of her own problems. Well, granted, that's true. Um, and you know, and she still fell for Ash Tyler, which was <laughs> huge, terrible change. choice. Ant face. Oh, you know, the gr- greatest thing is it doesn't seem like he's in the show because his name isn't in the credits. I know. Um, I. Um, uh, and going on what uh, Joe was saying, and I think I think you touched on it too, Dave. Is that I really happy that the crew exudes the the positivity and optimism what Starfleet the Federation is supposed to be. Um, it's just it's so, so nice to actually, you know, it's hard for me to articulate because like everyone's uh, a little bit young. I mean, is or is younger than me. Um, is um, one of my favorite movies growing up as a little kid was the uh, the the very first Richard Donner's uh, Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Oh yeah, Ooh. I love that movie. Um, it's dated now, of course. Oh yeah. But what's what was great about it? Not only Christopher Reeve is just a great actor, um, is that he just embodies optimism. And yeah. I'm I'm not a like back in the day when I was a little kid, Superman was amazing to me. Um, but now, I mean, I've kind of outgrown that, but I have noticed over the years that the one thing we were always into the Batmans and all the, like the Wolverines and yeah. the stories of these antiheroes and those are fascinating stories and there's nothing wrong with it, but they're there's broken. some, yeah, they're always broken characters. What about, 
in in the new Superman movies, which are beautiful movies, but they miss the optimism and the hope. Yeah, you know uh, the conviction when Christopher Reeves like tells Lois Lane that you know I never lie except for my alter ego, but um, <laughs> but like and stuff like that. Like and he, and he's just always always there to be like that symbol of hope that things we could be better than what we are, and that's what I like about. I always loved about you know from the original series to Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, and uh, all of them are trying to show that we could all be better than what we are, and and that's what I liked about this episode is that here is shining examples of what you could be if yeah uh, if hundred percent you know and, and I just that's what I want to see in Star Trek. I don't want to, and that's the one of the things I recoil when I see Giorgio. I get yeah. kind of just like I, I get what she's. I, I understand. It's like I, she's sort of like the the, the bad guy, bad girl. Um, yeah, she's the, the nece- she's the necessary evil. But I, that I bullshit see. to me. That's where I. That's where I'm like. That's that's uh, Henry Car- Carvel uh, breaking Zod's neck at the end of the first uh, uh, um, thing of um, Superman, Superman movie. movie. Yeah, um, it's I, like I, the Christopher Reeve would have done that. Saru's like that though. Saru's that um, feder- very typical Federation exemplifies Starfleet and um, all their ideals. And I think it's a battle between him and Giorgio, who who is the opposite. And I I love the contradiction between the two. You know, it's, it's just a great, um, like a juxtaposition between the two. And even Michael Burnham, uh, who, you know, made the mistake of mutinying against uh, the, uh, the, the, our prime uh, Captain Giorgio. Uh Um, But she's learned from that mistake. And she's made better on it over the time. She still she, she exudes it. Still, she exudes yeah, this thing that 100%. like we need to be better. And I and and I, that's what I want to see more. That's just, and that's why when you know when Pike showed up, I was like, that's the kind of character I want to see more. Just the 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 confidence of I am doing what's right. I know I'm doing the right thing because you know this is what uh, you have to do. You have to be uh, ethically and morally. And yeah, a good person, you know. And not- we saw that. We saw that in the first episode where Burnham's showing that um, at the exchange where she trusts Book and is, is, believes in his best, you know, even though he screwed her over and double-crossed her. Screwed over, her. right. Exactly. Yeah. She yeah. still trusted him to do the right thing, even though right. he failed at it. That's what I like most, I think, most about this episode. I mean, it, there's a lot of fun in this episode. The, uh, you know, like you said, the, the Western gunfight and all that stuff that that's going on there. And, um, Jet Reno is awesome, but I just love the, that's, that's what I want to see. And I hope, God, I hope that we still keep saying that. So, yeah, it's been a good start. Good start to the season so far. I, I hope yeah. so too. Uh, although I, I do think it's a little strange that the, these alien is like, so like waxing philosophical about how the Federation is so great when like, Contemporary, when the Confederation is in, like most alien races that aren't part of the Federation, scoff at the Federation, like in Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Anyone who's not part of the Federation is basically scoff at it. And now, way in the future, people are just like pining for it, which is uh, kind of strange. Um, well, it could be, could be like you know, maybe Cal was like a um, like loved history, and it's like us reading stories about the Roman Empire and be like, man, what a great time that was to be alive man i wish it could be nero's number one man (laughs) (laughs) well maybe not nero but well you said roman though man (laughs) 
But I'm just saying, it's like there's. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, like that maybe that's what he's thinking back, and they're they're thinking like, well, I mean, it technically would be like, you know, yeah, I mean, a thousand years in the past, you yeah. know. I'm. Well, the Federation existed up until 130 years ago, right? right. Well, well, the not burn to get, not well, to get too political, but like kind of like America stepping out of um, foreign affairs for a little bit. Like we've kind of stepped back a little bit in the world scene. Um, without so, so much of our leadership we still have leadership but we kind of taken a step back though from um the last decade or so comparison and it's kind of like what's the world like without america that's what drone that's strikes what... is for joe <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but that's the thing is and then you have bad actors step in like russia like china and they're not always going to do maybe the best for yeah. everybody and it's like the federation you know maybe there's like the Orions obviously got more powerful and Endorians have turned um I, I don't know, mercenary ish. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I mean it's but it's very true. I mean it's in uh, the I mean it's a power vacuum, right? So if some some uh you know, big empire country starts uh, you know, receding into the background, somebody's gonna take up and fill that void. Which kind of brings up another question for me is since all these people, um, Orion, well, not necessarily Orion's, but like the um, Tellarites and the Andorians, they used to be part of the Federation. They seem to be, from what we can see now, on their own. Are humans, like, the only um, faction? Or are humans doing their own thing? The Federation, are they the only Federation member now? I don't I don't know. I, it, it's, it seems like the, the universe is tribal now because Warp is so limited. There is. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there is an overarching. I mean, there might be, but I mean, the little bit they've given us for this, the lore of the future is the Federation kind of ex- exists. There's not much of it because there's not much dilithium. It just seems like everything's like super tribal, almost like uh, medieval. Like you yeah. know, like uh, everyone's like a serf to their so state. The last episode, they showed that they um, said that there were some a ships, a couple of ships flying around, but like. Those are Federation ships. I, I thought he said that. Yeah, he, did he, say he said that. there's two Federation yeah. ships, but that so, he knows of. That he knows of. Within a six hundred. Contacting him. Why aren't they? Um, why isn't he contacting them? Better of all, yeah. why, why didn't he ask them to put up the flag like the first time he saw one? Yeah. I mean, maybe, they, maybe they're like, we don't listen to you. Maybe this guy's just a huge jerk, and just um, they're going to be the Federation's going to be upset that Berman. Um, actually promoted it. They're like, what did you do this for? This guy's why, an idiot. You know, why, why'd you bring that guy in? <laughs> not that guy. There's a reason he's not an officer. <laughs> you realize he flunked out of Starfleet 16 times. It's not because <laughs> no one was around. It's funny. It's like he's literally a bureaucrat uh, trying to like you know be like a office like an office jockey for for the Federation, and yet he's got no function. <laughs> yeah, he lives in he lives in this like lives in this debris field of whatever was left of that base. Well, his you know, his, like, his next door room is filled with red tape. He just likes cutting it up and making origami out of it. Like, it's kind of like creation Starfleet right now. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, I so anyways I I'm. I've been very happy and I, you know, like I, I definitely entered into this, uh, season with a very open mind and, um, I, I'm just not disappointed. There's nothing that's really disappointing me. No. Yet, so not um, disappointed. Like I wasn't Picard. <laughs> Picard. Could get a little, so, uh, you, uh, 
didn't love Picard? No. Did I anyone? Hoping, like, I, I was really hoping for it. This was the, probably, of all the new latest um, series, this was the one that I was so hyped for. It it brought back Patrick Stewart, which, you know, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I love um, TNG, and to see him... I, he's so old now. Like, Very old, yeah. yeah. It, it's, I mean, he's still a good actor and everything, but yeah, it's just... It was such a slow pace for this season. Um, just, it wasn't exciting for me. It was it was cool to throw back seeing Riker and what they're doing up now, Troy, seeing what they're up to. Pizza. And Data. Yeah, making pizza, making food. But And I was also disappointed with the, the ships. That was the biggest gripe for me was the last battle. Why was there just one type of ship? Copy-paste like, ship. Oh my gosh! There should have been multiple, at least a couple designs. I, I get maybe that in the future they want to consolidate, but I, they'd have to have more than one type of ship. I, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like Picard's budget was incredibly limited. I mean, mm. just looking at these first two episodes of Discovery, like all their money is going into Discovery for whatever reason. I, I mean, or maybe all the money Picard went to Patrick Stewart and they didn't have money to spend on anything <laughs> else. That could be possible. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know uh, how the money is divided up, but just looking at discovery versus looking at Picard, like you can see so much money going into discovery just by how, good, yeah. by how good it looks. Discovery oh, yeah. always looked very good. Picard was like very under, under par compared comparatively. Well, you saw in data, all that, um, the CGI stuff in the first episode. Like, uh, it, was, it wasn't even very good. They de-aged, no. they de-aged people in Marvel movies way, way better. Yeah. I mean, so the technology is there. I mean, I guess it's just more expensive to do it the way they do it in the Marvel movies. I, I don't really know. But, I mean, deep fake stuff is, like, super cheap, supposedly. So, I mean, I don't That's know why they... That's what I thought, too. I don't yeah. know. Like, because the thing is, like, people, like, the, the whole deal with the deep fake stuff was that, like, it was done for a fraction of the cost. And, like, they were able to take the mush stuff off of Henry Cavill way better. Yeah. Why didn't they use Nemesis data? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, as far as for the, the future of the show uh, goes this season... I really hope the burn doesn't take up a whole bunch of it. I would like to see them rebuild Starfleet, and I would like to see them just get back to just just exploring. They've got the spore drive. They can mm-hmm. go to the Delta Quadrant. They can go to the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. They can go to you know uh, uh, Andromeda. Uh, they could go to any number of different places and just explore it because I mean theoretically there's no limit to the, oh, the spore drive. Would- I mean like. It would be awesome. They went back to the Delta Quadrant. Like see some of the episodes for, or some of the species from Voyager. Let's see the dinosaurs again. Come on. Yes. Maybe There's super technology advantage. Actually, maybe the dinosaurs advantage. came back to Earth, and the Federation doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> They're all dinosaurs now. Yeah. yeah, we're dinosaurs now, dude. This is our home world. Yeah, yeah, we came back. We invaded. I mean, they had better technology anyway. Yeah. I mean, they would have outpaced. Um, you know, are oh, the are the Borg still around? Like, I mean, like, what's like? I, I don't know. I I just I just really want to see them do. I want to see them explore again. I want I want to see like you know more Star Trekky stuff and all all of the Delta Quadrants now Borg territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did the, did the founders come back in the in the oh, Gamma Quadrant? I mean, like, I mean, there's there's so much stuff they could explore in the future. And I'm scared they're just going to be stuck in the Alpha Quadrant, you know, dealing with whatever, you know, um, con- uh, not control, whatever the um, 
the burn is. is. And I, I really hope it's not the entire season doing that. I really hope they just kind of get that out of the way quick. Unless it, like we were talking about last week, it, it turns into a, like a time travel subplot and they bring back the temporal cold war. I would be fine with that for an entire season. But if if it's not that, if it's its own thing and it has no tie into previous canon, I hope they just drop that as quick as they can, rebuild the Federation, and then let's get back on to exploration and what Star Trek is, is about. And, you know, spore drives going everywhere. I mean, you don't need the lithium with the spore drive. You just need to turn people into tardigrades. Maybe yeah. maybe they maybe they get the Federation back together and the rest of like the rest of the episodes are just them building ships. Spore drive ships? Yeah, that's yeah, all mean, they're doing. And they're just like it's them working uh you know, nonstop building ships. Federation's I, I, I just, back. I just, I just I just want to see uh Space Geordi with the whip. Uh just getting everyone building the ships back again. Maybe maybe Mars is habitable now, this many years <laughs> in the future. Geordi's back, baby. <laughs> well guys uh it's uh it's it's a great episode i can't wait to see earth um what what earth looks like in what over a thousand years in the future now i um i'm trying to do the calculation it would be yeah. uh yeah well over a thousand years in the future so <clears throat> we saw him really um advanced in picard so i can't even imagine what it would be like now yeah It'll probably be all bombed out. <laughs> well, I mean, like speaking of Picard, I mean, like it seems like they're going to bounce back from the darkness of Picard real quick because everyone's got yeah. such a sunny view of the Federation in the future. So hopefully, season two of Picard will be much more Star Trekky. For the love of God, please. And are we going to see a Starship Enterprise? Oh, let's see the Enterprise Z. <laughs> Z. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Well, uh, guys, let's uh, wrap this show up. We've got um, quite a few more episodes to go, and uh, so far it's it's been fantastic. Is it 13 so, this season? Uh, I don't know how far or it's 12? going to be. I think it's more than 10. It's 13 episodes. Mm. Yeah, 13 episodes. Oh, we still have 11 to go. That's right. Hell yeah. Um, so, guys... Um, do you have different thoughts, different feelings on this? You can contact us. You can hit us up on our um, uh, Facebook page, Facebook forward slash Synthaholics. You can also email us at Synthaholics at Yahoo.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Synthaholics Duo. Um, uh, Joe, is there any um, way you want people to get a contact with you on uh, the interwebs? Yeah, if you want to hit me on Twitter, um, I don't use it too much, but I listen to messages and all that stuff. Um, it's Joe DePeno, J O E D E P I N T O W A. That's it. Joe DePeno, W A. All right. Well, Joe, it was always great to talk to you and get all your insights and thoughts on all this stuff. I know you're a super fan and uh, you, you're always uh, got a lot of different uh, things that maybe that we wouldn't have thought of or different um, takes on things. So that's always great to hear your, your take on uh, all these um, developments. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. No, this has been a real pleasure, and I appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, I always have a great time with you, too. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Joe. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, Dave. Next week, we go on to The People of Earth is the name of the episode. The Dinosaurs of Earth. Come on. (laughs) Give us dinosaurs. They they come back. I mean, come on. They could have. They could have. It's true. It's very true. Unless they wiped themselves out. 
All right, guys. Well, until next week, live long and prosper, one and all. Toodaloo. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. Everybody do the dinosaur. <laughs> oh man Mary Wise is pregnant start, start, start an internet rumor <laughs> I mean she's still looking good though it's it's all over the internet but I, I, the pictures that they're talking about are literally from season one. Oh, really yeah so it's like what the people are just saying shit because she's not like is the uh, skinny mini Oh, I, I I didn't think she was pregnant last season. I think she's pregnant now. I think they're shooting her a lot differently. Well, but they, they, the they would know season. by now. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, weren't they shooting like at least a year ago? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean, we would have known. I know. Yeah. They finished shooting this thing a long time ago. Yeah, I I honestly think that she was just she just gained some weight. And it was over a year since the last um, season, wasn't it? They recorded. The recording is really weird for Discovery because they keep like pushing it in weird areas. I, I think they shoot them relatively quick, and they just take forever to put them out. Partially because of post production, but also partially partially because Picard, Lower Decks. They're trying to like just yeah. They're trying to fill up the schedule with Star Trek as as much of the year as they can, and they could do that easier if they had twenty seven you know episode seasons, but. <laughs> We're like we're like a ten lower decks, ten for Picard, and I guess thirteen I this season for Discovery. I don't want to see ten seasons for Picard. Jeez, no, it's 10 he's episodes. not going to be alive for ten. Se- oh, ten episodes. Oh, like he's not even going to be alive for ten seasons. <laughs> he's a robot now. He can live as long as he wants. Yeah, well, he can, but Patrick Stewart probably can't. He's super old. He's like in his eighties, isn't he? He's like yeah, almost he's... the same age as as William Shatner. Well, yeah, but William Shatner has like a ton of plastic surgery. He looks Shat- a lot younger. I, I, I hate to say it, but Shatner is gonna sooner or later. We're gonna get the bad news on Shatner. Yeah, you know, it's just gonna happen. You know, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Sh- like- well, go ahead. I was just saying it's kind of shocking. Like, like Shatner's. I mean, I saw him at Nickel City Con a couple of years ago, and and he like he doesn't act like he's a, he sounds he sounds and acts like he's still like in his fifties. Like it's. Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of incredible how in good shape he is. I mean, plastic surgery or no, he doesn't move like he's an eighty-six-year-old man. Yeah, I was know? going to say the same thing. I've met him before too, and he he acts a lot younger. Whereas Patrick Stewart, I've seen him on stage. I haven't met him personally, but I've seen him on stage, and he looks a lot, he acts his age. He's a lot mm-hmm. slower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.